Hello and welcome to This Is Ibrox, it's your flagship show and it's brought to you by myself, David Cornish. With me I've got James and I've got Patrick. How are you doing guys? Yeah, very well. How are you? I'm happy to be on the show after a 2-0 win. As, <laughs> yeah. as good, as opportune circumstances as possible. It should be easy. Aye. Aye, absolutely. Me and James were just talking about that before you came on, actually, Patrick, and saying it was quite a nice one to do afterwards. About yourself, James, happy with that? Yeah, I've just got a follow Patrick's words. Well, I'm happy to be on here after a 2-0 win. So. Aye, aye. So you had to do the one after the Cup semi-final. That was horrible, like... Horrible. Had to be done, but it uh, wasn't, wasn't much fun. So definitely better circumstances. Um, okay, so as we know, 2-0. Um, quite a flurry to start with. Um, Patrick, I've spoken to James a wee bit, as I said, just while we were waiting for you to come on. Um, what were your first thoughts in that first five minutes? Because, I mean, hearts, hearts came out strong. Yeah, I mean, I was... Not surprised per se. Um, there was a lot in the build-up made up about how Hearts, I mean, are in good form, um, perhaps more than the form. Uh, it was discussed at length the ticket allocation, and obviously they're within yeah. their right to refuse um, an abnormal allocation, which they have been giving to us in the past years. And luckily, happily, it was sold out, and those tickets went to waste, which would have been a bit. I mean, it would have been falling on deaf ear because we can't complain it's their stadium, but it's, it was nice to at least see a full stadium, and I yeah. had expected that. Now we perhaps galvanise them um, as well. One of the two, one of the old firm comes to town. Um, they're sort of testing their credentials. I mean, it's not. It's in the first five games of the season. Um, they were up there in the top three. I mean, they held pole position for I think upwards of five rounds. Um, but they've kind of teetered away in terms of mm-hmm. having a genuine title conversation. And this sort of seemed to be their last stab at it. If they were able to come away with a win, um, fantastic. They be back in it at some um, within some means. I think they would have been nine points behind us, six by Celtic. And if they draw, they would retain some sort of credentials. Um, they put in a good shift, which probably on another day, um, maybe two or three seasons ago, they would have beaten us um, with that sort of, sort of game flow. But we managed to manufacture a win in large part down to a very, very, very good 10-minute spell. Yeah, agreed. Um, just to pick up on what you were saying there as well, what totally agree about the ticket allocation it, it it's one of these if they not sold out that allocation and i mean like you say it doesn't mean anything but i'd have been kind of miffed i'd be thinking well why not let our fans in but you know full credit to them is exactly what we did with the celtic allocation you know we had this we had this season ticket holders to cover it and we gave priority to our own supporters and of course, they we have more of them in to see the games now. So, fair play to Hearts. Um, yeah, you can't really argue when they're selling it out, unlike their um, local neighbours. Um, they maybe didn't quite so much, but yeah, fair play to them. Um, James, what what were your thoughts in that five minutes? Yeah, back to the wall kind of thing, but so of a, another range, shall we say? I was I'd have been a bit more worried. Um, certainly seen how we've played the start of the season. Um, defensive, defensively, like the scene conceded that goal in the first five minutes, so we, they were all playing. Um, but the, the team under Geo so far, defensively, seem to, um, seem to be galvanised a lot. And they seem to be, they seem to be I, don't know, I can't really think of the words I'm looking for right now, but 
they, they seem to be more solid um, as a unit now, from yeah. what I can from what I can see. And um, but any other time, any other before Gio came in, I'd have been probably been a bit more worried in the first five minutes. But they seem to. Gio came in, we'd have been too damn before. Galvanized, galvanized by Gio. That's yeah. Uh, that's Okay, so looking at the goals themselves, Patrick, what what were your takes on that Morelos goal? Because there was there was a few parts to it. I mean, obviously he had a nice finish, but there was a couple of bits in the build up as well. Yeah, um, I think all credit has to go to Sakala. I mean, the pass he makes is he makes a pass, which is good. But when he beats Cami Devlin, who comes a bit too tight and gets beaten really easily, but he's only forced to go that deep because uh, Stephen Kingsley again, is out of position, which is a, a common theme for Hearts, the two goals they conceded today. We're in large part, obviously, down to good finishing from Morelos, who manages to put it bottom corner. Luckily, straight away from Kent, who I think was still onside, even if it did hit him. And secondly, when we saw Halkett just um, get taken out of position, I think by one of Kent's runs, and then Arebo runs in the open channel and gets, takes the ball in. But the first goal was a fantastic... It, it's always good to see two strikers linking up effectively. It's nice to see Morelos get on the score sheet again. He is getting back into somewhat of some tidy form. I think they mentioned that Hearts are one of his favourite teams to play against. That made it 7-7. Seven seven. But beyond the, the club, he has been looking better under Van Bronckhorst. I think everyone has. It might be a bit of confirmation bias, just because something has changed and we can point to that. But it, it's a, it's a, as good a sort of rudimental goal as you can ask for. Uh, strike partner passes the strike partner. He passes it into the net. Yeah, and it was... It was a lovely wee touch from him just to take it beyond the Hearts player to then cut it back to Morelos, I thought. Um, you mentioned as well the fullbacks; they They really seemed to struggle today, James. What, what did you make of that? Because I think the pace hurt them a lot. There. That's what I was going to say there, uh, David. I think the, the speed for Sakar and Kent definitely caused Hearts problems this, uh, this afternoon. And... Uh, um, they just couldn't cope with the pace with them. Um, going on to going on to Sakala as well with the, the layback he gave for Morelos. Uh last week against Dundee. That was kind of the sort of opportunity I'd have seen him when he was just trying to smash the ball past the goalie. But it was nice to see he linked up. He must have something in training has told him just to if you're not, if not a shot on, there's somebody available, just pass the ball back to them. Look for each and, other. And exactly, exactly. Yeah. And the link up play between the between the front three was, was brilliant today and Sakala Sakala's probably his best game I've seen him Bath is going to hat trick against Motherwell <laughs> but he's he's sort of build up play was his, is the best I've seen him so far this season yeah Sakala's a bit of a strange one for me he's, he's awfully raw at times you know he tries things and it just doesn't come off but fair play to him you know it never stops him trying and you know next time he gets the ball he will try something again and I, th- I think there's only good things to come from him, if I'm being honest. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, working with Gio and the staff, obviously you've got Roy Mackay. I think that's going to be a huge help to the guy, and he's just got that enthusiasm to keep going and going and going. Um, second goal, uh, <laughs> I'm going to split this one up a little bit because I do I actually want to talk about Goldson briefly. Um, what's your thoughts on him since Pater? Uh, Jesus. What's your thoughts on him since Gio's come in, Patrick? Oh, I think as a result, not just him, the whole back four looks slightly more solid. That's a bit of system. It's probably a bit of confidence as well. Hearing, because we were in quite 
despite winning games, I think it was made much of it. We conceded first in six consecutive games. So whenever you get some sort of someone new at the helm, you're going to get some sort of bounce and more so than the strikers. I think we've seen a defensive solidity bounce. Also, we've seen Alan McGregor play well again, which seemed that might, for whatever reason, many of us, including myself, very much doubted him early in the season because um, he had been playing poorly. I think he was probably yeah. the first to accept that. But um, for whatever reason, he's found his form again. I think today was a good example because uh, he did make some fantastic saves. Uh, there was that double... Um, I think it was a Ben Woodburn shot that a Liam Boyce follow-up, like you say. Yeah. And it was also good to see Craig Gordon as well. He played well. So that was a testament to the sort of longevity of both those keepers, which is quite insane, to be honest. But I know Goldson looks more so- solid. I think it's, we're now some people who post the cup final and his poor run of form were ready to sort of beat him immediately are now biting their tongue. And we're all mm-hmm. getting in perhaps a more mellow mood as we realise the player we're going to probably lose. I've sort of resigned myself to the idea that, albeit not leaving in January, because I don't think whatever fee we could muster or um, scrape, because it will not be above no. £2 million, pounds, I'd expect, isn't isn't worth it. And no. I just hope that we see this sort of performance is maintained throughout the, the, the run-in, especially throughout the winter, because without Balgan and, um, Balgan and Rolando, we need a strong uh, Golton aside Bathy but more so even into the spring uh, and that he leaves on a high. Yeah, I think I agree with everything you just said there. Um, just so you're not hanging on your own, I'll put my hands up. I was in the same boat with McGregor. I, I thought he'd been really poor by his standards for a lot of the season. Um, but yeah, like you say, you know, the change since Gio's come in is something else. And that double was, you know, McGregor of old that we're used to seeing. Um James, just to pick up on Sutton, Patrick said there, do you, do you think we will keep Goldson in the winter window? Um, I personally think he's not going to stay. I think he's going to go. Um, we've got decent backup there, and I think with Gio coming in, he's, I'm kind of hoping he's got a lot of experience from the sort of Dutch leagues as well, but he can see potential. Um, you've seen that across the, the city with the likes of Van Dyke and look what's, look what's happened with him. Um, Patrick's more knowledgeable in the, the sort of football backgrounds <laughs> around the world than myself. Aye. But um, but I, hopefully the connections he's got in, in back in Holland and sort of in the Netherlands, I should say, um, he's, he's he's looking at some potential new talent that can come in and replace who of them may go, regardless of what position it may be. But I think Goldson's going to go. Yeah, I think for me, I, I see him staying in the winter window. Um, I, I totally agree with Patrick. I just don't see any value in selling him for the kind of fee that we would get in that window when you think what's at stake at the end of the season. But yeah, I think I probably agree as well, James. I, I do think he's going to move on. Um, in relation to Patrick, he has saved the scouting department thousands already because he has a long list of defenders um but some of them are really interesting looking as well patrick to be fair do you want to do you want to tell us your pick your highlight um i mean if we want to go to the dutch route because that seems to be one that is in vogue yeah. with giovanni van bronkhorst there's like three i mean there's two main strategies you can go with there's the two to test that are back throughout contract in the summer uh, Didi Lodoka, who's playing for this last season, as well as uh, Dino Zagreb. And then there's Richard Lee Bazoor, who's a centre-back six hybrid. 
He, if some of you watch the Bundesliga, he used to play for Wolfsburg. He's still only 24. Dokai's also 23. So they both play for Vitesse, who you might have seen play against Spurs in the Conference League. And then the other option we could do, if we see Bassi as a long-term centre-back, more so than a left-back, is go to, to Enskede, go to FC Twente, who have a left-back called Jaden Usterwald, who's 20. He's doing really well. And like Bassi, can play a bit of centre-back as well. So I think given the fact that Bassi not necessarily will be a centre-back long-term, but we do have that option. It means we can get, can get creative when it comes to recruitment. Because if he does move to centre-back, we will need a, a sub-left-back. Yeah. Depending yeah. on what Barristers does. And if you want to keep Bassi at left-back, we will need to then sign a centre-back. So it gives us this sort of negotiating flexibility that we don't have to put all our eggs in the basket of centre-back or left-back. But we can sort of play it by ear and find what works out best for us. I think it's interesting as well there, you're talking about them coming out of contract. So that's obviously going to be an absolute bonus for the club, you know, if we can tie up even a couple of the roles that Van Bronckhorst wants to fill with his own men. If we can do that with free transfers, so much the better. And I think he's got quite a good history of that as well, actually, at Feyenoord, hasn't he? Um, I know China didn't work out great. So, I mean, that's the Chinese league. It's a bit different over there, but... Um, certainly for Feyenoord, I think he spent pittance compared to his nearest rivals. Um, looking at the second goal then, James, I'll come to you for this one. Joe Rebo, what, what? tell us what you think, mate. It's incredible for Absolutely. me, but yeah, go for it. Absolute class from Rebo. Um, just the way they, they broke the ball down. and He tried it. He tried that a few minutes before with a long ball from goals and never worked out. It was a bit too much in front of him. But the, just the, the first touch, the way he brought the ball down and then just set himself up nicely to put it past Gordon was, was a, a thing of beauty. So they say, it was a, it was amazing to watch. Uh, and I tell you what, um, I mean, I'm with you. That touch to bring it down was brilliant. There's no getting away from that. But I don't think we can discount the finish either. As Patrick said, I mean, Craig Gordon is in some form at the minute, arguably, you know, near probably the best of his career. Um, and Aribo just put it past him without a care in the world, you know, didn't bother him in the slightest. So, yeah, I mean, brilliant touch, but equally as good a finish, I think. Um, okay, so I think we've kind of covered the goals. I just want to touch on um, someone else that Patrick mentioned there, actually, as well, Calvin Bassey. Um, what, if you had to give an assessment of him so far, Patrick, in that centre-back role, what, what would that be? Uh, overwhelmingly positive, I think, relative to expectations. I think um, he's looked obviously good in sports at left-back. The common criticism is that his final ball is a bit lacking. And when you place him in this centre-back position, albeit it's going to be a bit more progressive than your typical centre-back, so it's just how we play. We have a lot of possession. He isn't required to play crosses, so his decent like mid-short-range passing is on show. Um, he's a bit inconsistent, albeit still. You saw him give the ball away to Ben Woodburn for that double chance shot and they highlighted extensively on commentary um, the almost on goal they conceded was quite similar to the one against Leon, which is yeah. sort of sort of an expectation for someone who's being shoehorned in a centre-back that they're going to have a lack of awareness of their surroundings, the penalty box and the upright comparative to an experienced centre-back campaigner. So you'd hope that just given more time on the pitch, more time in the training area, to get familiar with what the positional dynamics of a centre-back is beyond like of players, but actually the things that won't move. So the goal, um, you'd hope that we'll, he'll uh, be able to iron those out. But I think it's been the fact that there's a conversation that we had 
uh, when Holland returns, which seemingly seems to be a marital conversation I see a bit on Twitter, is a testament to how well he has done. Um, yeah. I mean, he could easily have done poorly, um, being the sort of player who just wants to see out the games, uh, being afraid of the ball, just ask Golden to do as he could have done, just take the ball and do everything. Uh, but he's not. He's sort of asked for it. He makes tackles. He's done well. He certainly had very good games and then not so great games. Uh, I think it's just about finding that middle ground. And uh, I think this month we have, I doubt Balogun and Holland will come back within that. We're very important. And uh, that finale will be at Parkhead and we'll see what he does against the, like a proper forward line. Whereas recently he's been playing decent forward lines, but that will go a long way to establishing if he has any sort of long-term credence at centre-back. Are they going to have a forward line to play at Parkhead right there? Maybe not. Maybe not. So, um, James, where do you see his future? Do you, do you think he goes back to left back when, you know, Balogun, Hollander come back? I'm sure we'll get a centre back in. Or do you think he has done enough to stake a claim in the centre? I, I think he's done enough with what he's so far. Um, he's proved that he can play centre back um, for this. And it's. I think it's testament to the, the the team he's got around about him, who he's been training with, and how they're supporting him through the through this transition from left back to centre back. Um, traditionally, you normally see like in cup competitions, they sort of play a weaker team and normally fitting players around about. So fringe players are down about there. Aye. But I, I've seen with I've seen with the B Geo's start his reign so far. He's trying to just have a a core team and just change players here and there when he needs to, just to freshen things up yeah. a bit. Um, so I don't see Gio being one of these managers who will just relate to comp, uh, cup competition, just switch about the team just for the sake of it and give them players game time. Um, he's a he's a winner. He wants to see the team win, which is what I like to see. And he'll go with the best team he can to, to make sure he gets a result. And so far, so good. He's he's doing that for us. So, but, um, but with Bassey, as I say, he said he's happy to play anyway. He says you're playing goals if he needs to. So, um, and he's playing well. He's playing well, so we can't see how you can drop a player playing well. Size of him, I'd fancy him in goals as well. To be fair, <laughs> he's a unit. Um, okay, that actually sets us up quite nicely for the next bit that I wanted to talk about. Um, Patrick, what what do you make of Geo's first? Is it six games, five wins, and a draw? I think. What What do you make of that? I mean, overwhelmingly positive. I think if we were to have seen Jar take up six games and you offered us five league wins and a draw in Leon, we would have taken it. It would have been testament to how well he's done at Rangers. I think our good finishing and really good goalkeeping over the past six games has sort of covered some of the murky shadows. I don't think we're being as good as perhaps 15 points in the league and, and, a, and a draw in Leon. I think yeah. we do probably deserve the five wins, but not in the fashion. I think this game is testament to that. Um, it never should have been 2-0, I think. I think 4-2, uh, 3-2, maybe yeah. even 2-2 is probably more um, just. I think in Leon as well, 1-1 uh, was probably fair. Uh, Hibs as well. Uh, we, we were probably, we're probably worth that. We're probably worth our victory on, in sort of rhythm of the game, but the means that we got to were a bit fortuitous. We got a late Made penalty. bloody hard work of it, didn't we? Exactly. So, and we weren't, I don't think anyone would have complained if we came out in a nil-nil. And I think if Jared was still there and that finished nil-nil, it would have been, oh, um, the old lines, and this is Jared of 2018-19. Um, yeah. But I, I think you can't complain with uh, the points. There's 
interestingly, obviously tactical differences, which is quite uh, encouraging. So there is, it's not that we're just seeing us play the same way and uh, we're on a bit of a, like a sort of run. There is a difference. So you might think that it's not just random variance, but there is actual tactical substance yeah, to why yeah. we're playing better. Uh, and long may it continue. I think. I was going to say, I it, love it, mate. I love it. I think the most important thing is that we take it in five game blocks more so than ever. Yeah. Um, and I think this is an upcoming five game block, or I think it might be four games are left until the winter break. I think no, it's Aberdeen, five, Dundee, five. St. Johnston, Celtic. Uh, we've got Aberdeen as well away yeah, we, a few days before. Uh, so obviously, if we can stay undefeated in that, I mean, I would take four wins and a draw. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think he'll, he will, and the message to players and this that will be take it game by game. And if we continue to do so at this rate, which is a, what, eight, like 90% winning rate, undefeated so far, I'd take it. Yeah, be very 100%. Happy. 100%. Um, James, just, just from another angle for you, it's, again, something that I've noticed, um, the, the players and the staff seem a lot happier um, now. And I think there is an element of a new manager bounce in there. Do you, have you seen that? I mean, I'm not, before anyone starts, I'm not dissing Gerard. I'm not going to go down that road. There's no need for it. But I don't know, it just Alfie especially seems to have a smile on his bloody face these days. I think it's just the, the sort of new managers came in. It's making things a bit more fresher for everybody else and the new ideas he's bringing. Um, the rest of the backroom staff he's got in. I think under sort of Gerard, it was going a bit stale. It seemed sort of he watched Rangers and you're just too predictable. You just knew what we were going to do. And, I suppose um, that comes back to what Patrick was saying about the variance and mm-hmm. tactics. Exactly, it? exactly. Yeah. So I agree, I agree with that hundred percent. And I think just. With the new manager coming in, it's it's everybody just started off at a clean slate and it's given everybody a chance because there's, there's games you never seen never seen the likes of Wright playing. Arfield was hardly getting a game. Um, he was chopping and changing his goalkeeper every every other week. Um, but it's, it seems to be everybody else seems to be getting getting game time and that's probably why they're all they're happy. And but Ellis, you mentioned with Ellis, he'll have a smile on his face. He's going goals because he's in the right positions. Um, in bloody um, midfield exactly exactly <laughs> so it's uh, everybody's happy so Carl's never got a, he's never got a, not got a smile on his face I don't fair. think I've ever seen that guy I'm <laughs> sad or sad um, but they're obviously going to be singing for the same sheet so yeah it's long may it continue because it's, it's pleasant to watch and see this this window um, of games we've got coming up is, is going to be important this will make or break our season I think so, 100% um the one thing I would say, for is, again, looking back through them, if I had to look at these games, um, so in our last four games, sorry, five games, we've played Olivia away, Hibs away, Dundee at home, fair enough, then Leon and Hearts away. That, for me, I, I'm not going to lie, I was looking at this part of the season, I was like, oh my God, that's, that's going to be a tough run of games. Um, and I think it's testament to the team that they have kind of got through that pretty much unscathed. Um, looking ahead, so we're St Johnston, Dundee United and St Mirren all at home. And then we have Aberdeen and Celtic away. So, I mean, as Patrick said, it's got to be game by game. Let's let's have a look at the St Johnston game, what we can expect from that. So we're at Ibrox, um, St Johnston after their nice week cup run last year, maybe haven't hit the heights this year that they would have liked. 
there may be hope to be up in the mix a bit more like you know hearts and hips were to for an extent for a while um what what sort of game do you think they're going to offer us patrick i think it will be more they'll offer us possession throughout the entire the entire 90 uh i i saw on twitter there's really good st johnson fan analysis account i think st johnson have gone eight games without uh, a shot on goal that didn't come from someone's head jesus um, so they are in dire straits. Uh, I mean, they're bottom of the table, which might some might suggest is a false position, given that they are probably better than Ross County. Um, maybe uh, depends, I'm, depends on the points you win, doesn't it? Exactly. But um, they're, they seem to be in a turgid run of form. Obviously, losing Alan McCann and Jason Corley. Some yeah. wouldn't have helped. And I think more so this might have been a conversation for last year, but I really do think that Calum Davison should have jumped ship in the summer whilst his... Um, Profile's highest, and it's now really sort of you're having to consider. I mean, it's second season syndrome down to a T. This is the prototypical example. But I would expect this to be very similar to how Dundee came um, last week. Uh, offers a lot of possession, and just expect to do an attritional battle in which they try and keep a clean sheet, which is a fighting a losing battle. I brought Rangers don't not score, and especially in the form we're in, where it looks like Morales and Sakala will score on a game basis uh, where and Kent will add something, it'll be really difficult for them. Um, I, I think they'll just hope to maintain some sort of morale, uh, try and get out of Ibrox unscathed. Don't lose possibly. too badly in essence. Yeah, I think this is classic top versus bottom of the table fair. Yeah, yeah. Interesting you say about Davidson as well. I mean, yeah, second season syndrome, I get that, but I mean, realistically, no matter how well he did, he, there was no way in hell he was going to top what he did last season. So I think you bang on, you know, if he if he just wants to manage, fine. You know, he's probably reasonably secure at St. Johnson, I would imagine, given what he's done for them. But, you know, if he wants to progress in the game, I think he probably has missed his opportunity, as you said. Um, looking ahead at the team selection, then, it's getting a bit harder. Uh, sorry, a bit easier to predict the team these days. But... Um, We'll start at the back. So, uh, who do you think is going to start in goals, James? I think it'll be McGregor. Definitely McGregor will start in the... He's, he's, he's built this um, winning mentality. So, he's, he's starting with the best goalkeeper he's got at the, the club, regardless of his age. Um, McGregor has to start at the back for me. So, I'm assuming there's not going to be any difference from yourself, Patrick. No, no, no. Whole back four will be the same. Yeah, yeah. I was Actually, no, gonna... I do think we could see some variation at right back, perhaps. Maybe Nathan Patterson. You see Patterson coming in. Maybe just given the fact that this is not a low-pressure game, but uh, if there's a team that is misfiring up top and that will allow Patterson to sort of try and maintain some sort of uh, momentum going forward, it would be this. Yeah, and I suppose it's a good way to offload Tavernier for a game again. Um, you know relieve some of the pressure for that run of games ahead. Um, James, do you, I mean, I think we're all pretty agreed the left-backs, two centre-backs take care of themselves at the minute. Um, do you do you see Patterson coming in or do you think he'll continue with Tav? I, th- I think he'll continue with Tav. Got to disagree with Patrick with uh, the right-back decision for this game, but um, I see Tav starting. Uh, ideally, I'd, I'd see where Patrick's coming from because it'd be an ideal game just to rest him, but if he's wanting to just make sure that he's he's picking up the points and he's here the, the, the home games, um, I think he'll start him, but I, I think he'll make if he's gonna come off, he might come off with about half an hour to go and give Barson a run in. 
Uh, you think that, and again, this is slightly deviating away from you know predicting our teams and whatnot, but do you think that causes problem in a way? Because um, and the reason I ask that, what I'm getting at is obviously Patterson's a young lad. You know, he's he's going to want to play games. Um, and I think you identified there, you know, Gio is obviously very keen on a set team and, you know, he wants to keep that consistency going, those wins going. Do you think Do you think that could see us in a position where we might lose Patterson? Yeah, I think one of them will be gone by the summer. Um, I, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't tell you which one. I don't know which one I prefer not to leave, uh, but one of them will be gone because neither of them have the positional versatility to actually play another position consistently. Um, whereas you see with Bassi, who has um, grown up playing as a centre-back, he can and will. Whereas Patterson and Tav are both best at right-back and have limited ability to sort of operate outside of right-back. You could shoehorn them in at right-mid, right-wing or centre-mid. But then we have such depth and quality there. It's not like we need to play one of them at centre mid. Um, so I think one of them will go by the summer. I think likely, if I had to say one, it'll probably be Patterson because we'll get more money for him. Um, Tav is also set on a four-year contract. He's the better player. I think that's undoubtable. Yeah, unfortunately, I would probably rather not lose Patterson out of the two. Not because of Tavernier, to be quite honest. But Well, I suppose it is, but it's purely down to the age side of things. I think, you know, Patterson would have years to go with him, whereas obviously Tavernier, especially with the type of game he has where it's high pace, you know, up and down the pitch, I think his years are starting to head towards where we might see that wane a little bit. Um, tough one anything. either way, I guess. My only thing with that is if, if Patterson does play well, he'll be gone in the summer after, uh, just in the, the nature of football, yeah. like here in Tierney. So. Tierney. Yeah. One, if ta- eventually Tavernier, um, which is what happens usually with players who high pace, high athletic, um, their come down is dramatic. It's not yeah. like a gradual de- 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 uh, pro- regression. It's pretty dramatic. So we could see him be fantastic one year and then take the summer off and come back and be n- not the Tav we know. Whereas we could also see Patterson, we sell Tav, he has a really good year, and then they're both gone the year after that for plenty of money. And that's a good position to yeah. be in. Yeah. You have to consider continuity versus profit um, and what message it sends to the clubs and institution as well. That's uh, agreed. Um, okay, back to the team selection then. So um, th- this is where it gets a little bit more interesting, I guess, because obviously Joe is mixing it up a bit more. Um, St. Johnston, I probably fancy that he's going to go to attack in one defending. Um, don't know, does either of you disagree with that? I can't imagine he needs to hold and defend mid Maybe um, only two holding if he plays four two three one um, and plays in a, uh, an attacking ten as opposed to eight. But I, I would be surprised if we play four three three to see Lundstrom and Connor together. I think it'd be mm-hmm. similar thoughts up there. So in that case, um, who who do you see starting in the midfield roles, Patrick? I would assume we play four two three one just because that's why played against Dundee and against. Um, Livingston, I would think it would be Kamara and then Davis because we haven't seen Davis play much um, recently. And then you see a three in front of them, which would likely be Kent, Kala, and Aribo or Haji, and then you get a strike on top of them. Okay. What about yourself, James? Um, yeah, I agree with Patrick. I think it's going to be the same sort of team. Um, probably see Davis coming back in uh, with Kamara. And um, yeah, the theme front. So I think we might see Hadji coming back in as well. Um, 
So I'd probably see Kent in the left. Uh, I'd go with Hadji. Um, and Sakala on the right. And then, yeah, what else up front, I'd say. Yeah. Is it Morales for yourself as well, Patrick? I take it. Yeah, I mean, he's scored, so you don't, you don't want to drop off. Yeah. And I think Roof was uh, not in the team squad today. Uh, so I'd be yeah. surprised if he goes from no... Uh, yeah, it's starting. No roll to 90 minutes sort of thing. Great. Um, I think for me, I just wonder if we might see Kamara get a night off. Um, so potentially you could see Davis and Arfield with um, Kent, Aribo. Do you know what? I think he might go Kent, Aribo, Sakala again. Um, I thought that worked well at points today. Um, and it offered a lot going forward. You know, it was a good way to pin them down. But but the same token, part of me wonders if he might just drop Sakala and put Hadji in just for his ability to unpick that defence. Because obviously it's going to be pretty... I'd imagine it's going to be pretty turgid or a low block, as Gerard always used to call it. Um, so, yeah, I think the only one I'm not sure about is probably Hadji or Sakala. Um, otherwise, I think we might see Kamara get a night off. I hope we do because he's a good player, but he's not a machine. Um, you know, he does need some time off. And I think there's bigger games ahead. We probably need him fresh and at his best for. I'm um, just glad. I'm just glad, Dave, that Shug's not in here. If he's becoming a yeah, yeah. Not, not kicking yeah. off for a night. <laughs> I, I, I hesitate to say Shug will be hunting me down, like, but. I'm starting to wonder what the future looks like for Baku now, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, Gio, Gio's given quite a few players a chance, and I don't think he's necessarily given Bakuna much of any chance. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know, because when Shug did his... He did the pod at the start of the season with the guys um, down south, and they talked about how sometimes Bakuna can come off as quite lazy. He's one of these that can be a luxury player, if you will, at times. And I just wonder if that fits into Gio's mentality, because one of the first things he said was, you know, he wants everyone grafting for the team. He put it much more eloquently than that, but that was the gist of it. Um, And I mean, is Bakuna able to do that as a player? I don't know, is the honest answer. You know, Patrick, you've you've probably got scouting real of him, have you? (laughs) No, I think the, the the comments about him being lethargic or lazy has a lot to do with his running style. It's uh, quite yeah. hunched over, long limbs, kind of like a Rebo, but then Rebo counteracts it because he's been here so long, we know that's not him as a player. Yeah. But when you look at Bakuna back when he was younger, playing for Kronigan in the Eredivisie, he was doing everything really high intensity. Uh, but I think it's just the style of play he is a bit. He's one who wants to play the nice pass, uh, do a few nice skills, and almost look as good as he actually is, substance and style mixed together. But I, I'm not sure where he fits in. I expected when Brian Bronkhorst came in that the position and role with the Arfield playing was the one Bakuna was going to assume. Mm-hmm. So that when at Feyenoord he had Jens Turnstra who played it. And I think that will be dependent Bakuna's future on Arfield's contractual situation because I think his contract is either this season or the next. This season, because he did an interview earlier on with Sky about it, um, and he was saying it's very much up in the air at the minute. Not really been any contact either way. Um, I I think our field's a tough one for me. I mean, on his present form, it's hard to argue against, but I think he's another that's getting towards that age where you might see that regression that you were talking about. And his kind of game where he's moving up, 
you know, beside or even in front of the strikers really does depend on him having that burst of speed. So for, for me, I'd always have him in the, at the club um, as long as his wage packet and his expectations yeah. and his skill, just because he is homegrown, obviously. He did yes. train at Livy, so he allows us to have an extra man in the squad in the UEFA. But if he wants to maintain the wages he's on now, which likely was the deal he signed way back four years ago when he came to the club, I would sort of harbour on that idea and think, oh, maybe we can just go and sign someone, maybe with Ferguson or promote from within, just give Stephen Kelly those minutes. But if he's willing... Ferguson to take, from Aberdeen. Yeah, if you need someone for the, uh, for the Euro registration. Um, but if he's willing to take the wages that sort of yeah. match his ability and his legs, then it's a no-brainer. Yeah, agreed. And uh, the reason I scoffed at Ferguson, by the way, it's not even to do his ability. That's a whole it's different too much, discussion. Too much. It's just the chances of Aberdeen selling us exactly. anywhere near reasonable is not. <laughs> but his uh, his contract must be coming down at some point soon. Mm. I don't think he's. I don't think he's got new terms. I think he's. Yeah, he's out two summers, so they still wouldn't budge much because they yeah, have the upper hand. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it would be a perfect opportunity if you're not going to sign, re-sign Arfield to, yeah. whether that be Stephen Kelly or maybe even Alex Lowry from the B team, someone would have to take on that spot in the registration. Agreed. Agreed. Um, okay, so we've gone through our teams. Just finish up then. What what do we see the score being? I'll come to you first this time, James. Uh, 3-0. I'll go for 3-0. 3-0. Um, I'll go for... Um, I'll go for... Our... Morelos to score a double and Hadji. Go for Hadji. Nice. Even, I don't know who's, even I don't know who's playing, but that's what I'm going to nice. go for. It's fine. All right, what about yourself, Patrick? Four uh, one, and the only guaranteed goal scorer is Michael O'Halloran. That's a, I can't tell you who's going to score for uh, <laughs> Do you know what the worst of it is? I can imagine it as well. That's, yeah, I mean, he yeah. scored in the 2-1 at the... Um, he loves it, doesn't he? Paris, so. No, but I think he'll be comfortable. Um, I mean, them scoring would be sort of against our run. We've managed mm-hmm. to keep the clean sheets, but I just think if ever we were to concede in this run, it would be Michael Howard just given how yeah. poor he Sold's was for low. us. Sod's low. Um, I think we might go four now. Um, I think I'm Morelos a couple. reckon maybe Arfield one and Aribo one. Um, I think Rebo's on a good run of form. He might continue it. And as for Alfie, you know, as we've said many a time, he's he seems to be rediscovering that spark that he'd lost for so long. Um, long may it continue. Okay, so that's it. We've gone through the Hearts game. We've talked about the St. Johnson game and a wee bit about the new manager. Thanks very much for watching, folks. Take care and goodbye. <laughs>